and welcome back to Between Two Halves. Thank you guys all for watching, viewing, and subscribing. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, the little red button is just there. Just go press it uh, and go follow us on Instagram. But yeah, this week's a little bit different. The boys are out with no football going on this week, but I still wanted to jump on and fill you guys in on what happened over the week. Obviously, the Bundesliga, the uh, La Liga was still pumping, so I wanted to get something out for you guys. So here we are. The boys will be back next week. I promise you that. But first of all, I really wanted to give a shout out to Cedar Creek Cider for sponsoring this podcast. They hooked us up with uh, some of their new Cedar Creek Cloudy Cider that's available now in all your local bottle shops. They're a local orchard based out of Picton. Um, my favorite is just the, the classic uh, apple cider. But the newest one they've got is the Cloudy Cider. They've been gracious enough to help us out and support the pod. So if anyone wants to go help them out, go follow them on Instagram and go uh, buy yourself some uh, Cedar Creek apple cider. All right, so let's get into some of the news for this week. So obviously, we had no football this week. Very sadly, um, Queen Elizabeth passed away at 96, and because of that, it means that uh, Britain are going into 10 days of mourning, so out of respect, all the EPL has been postponed. So I don't know when the next games are actually starting, so let's take a quick look. Um, the next games, they're all postponed this week. Don't know when they're going to make them, uh, make them back up. But the first game we have is Villa and Southampton, which is due for Saturday at 5 a.m. Australian time. That's not amazing, but the United-Leeds game, Brighton, Crystal Palace, and Chelsea-Liverpool have all been postponed as well for that week. So obviously, there will be TBD, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's very sad to hear about the passing of the Queen Elizabeth. I'm sure everyone's been smashed for that on their social media, and just it's everywhere, obviously. But yeah... That's why there's no football in the in the EPL this week. But that didn't stop the Bundesliga and the La Liga from absolutely pumping with some great news coming out of there. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. First, I just wanted to um, give a massive shout-out to Sydney United for being the first non-A-League team to ever make the FFA Cup final, or what is now the Australia Cup, where they beat Brisbane 3-2 in extra time, where the goal was an absolute cracker. These guys fought to the death. They equalized in like the 80th minute to make it two all. It's going extra time. Uh, the the uh, keeper, Daniel, sorry, I'm going to butcher your last name. Anyway, Daniel, the keeper for Sydney United, saved a pen as well. But that sent it into extra time where they uh, pulled out some actually some amazing heroics with uh, some great build-up team play, an amazing flick on um, through their striker. Who left first time volleyed off the flicker, off the like scorpion flick on, um, put it bottom corner, sending him into the final for the FFA Cup or Australia Cup, whichever one it's called these days. But yeah, they're the first non A League team in history to make it to the Australia Cup final. So that's massive. I think, um, depending on when it is and where it is, we might try and get the boys uh, to go out and support because, man, it, it, it's going to make history. If they, if they win it, it'd be amazing. Um, but that's the magic of the cup, right? Where else would you give amateurs and non-professionals? I mean, they're sort of the same thing. Good one. But the chance to mix it up with the A-League. And it's just proving that we need a better system in Australia where we have promotion relegation because these A-League clubs are being too complacent. Anyway, that's just what's been happening. But on to the next. So we'll get into the Bundesliga. So... There's been some crazy news come out about uh, some crazy theories about what's been going on at Barca recently. I don't know if they're really theories, but anyway, crazy stories. 
Griezmann's been on loan back at Barca after he didn't have an amazing, sorry, on loan to um, Atletico Madrid from Barca after his career at Barca wasn't so great, didn't get too, didn't get too much game time, didn't make too much of an impact. So he's gone back on loan to um, to Atletico. Now that being said, Atletico played him a lot in their first in the first season of the two year deal. Um, I think he played about eighty percent of the games. 80% of the games that he was there and 80% of each game at least. Um, but in the clause of the contract that Barca and um, Atletico had penned in was that if Griezmann played more than 50% of the games um, over the two-year contract, they would then have to pay Barcelona $40 million or 40 million euros um, and then the, the move would be permanent. So what, Barca, what uh, Atletico Madrid have been doing right now is only playing Griezmann from the 60th minute onwards, so that he would then equate to only playing less than 50% of the games um, for Atletico over the two-year stint. Now, that is outrageous. Play, only playing 60% from the 60th minute all season, especially for someone like Griezmann, who is arguably still one of the top strikers in the world, uh, top attackers in the world, and it's it's kind of criminal, especially coming up to um, the World Cup. I feel bad for him. I don't know how he feels about this. This is obviously the Atletico management who are um, Atletico management and Atletico um, manager who is saying do this. But Barcelona aren't happy about this either, and they're now threatening a lawsuit, saying that the um, percentage of game time only was supposed to be for the first year of his contract. Now that that being said, that would mean he has played obviously 80% in the first season. Therefore, they already owe um, Atletico. They're saying that Atletico already owe Barcelona the 40 million euros. Um, so despite this, they're still only playing him every from the 60th minute onwards. Griezmann's still having a crack of season. He's scored, I think, four goals in the, in the first five games or something like that, um, only coming on for the last 30 minutes. So he's come on on the 61st, 61st, 63rd, and then 60th in the last game. But he's killing it, and I feel sorry for him, especially coming up to the World Cup. I hope he gets more game time. I hope Atletico just pay Barca the money because, I mean, we all know how how much um, Barcelona need the money right now. We all, like, they're in financial turmoil, aren't they? Well, apparently not. So Optus Sport have released the FIFA Fair Play uh, the FIFA Fair Play regulations for this year for the top European clubs. Uh, Barcelona somehow have come out on top of all these shambles with all the bars of chat we have had. They have somehow come out with the ability to spend $656 million before they breach the FIFA Fair Play limits this year or over the next uh, year, 2022-2023 season. Now, that's absolutely insane. How would they, after being in disarray, almost going under because of their um, financial turmoil, to having $656 million. They almost weren't able to register five of their new six signings or something like that. Now they've got $556 million euros to play with. That's insane. So before the beginning, before the beginning of this season, they had a negative 144 million euro deficit on this fair, fair, fair play limits. They've signed Lewandowski, they signed, um, who else did they sign? Anyway, they made all those five signings that were massive signings, none of them small. And then they um, weren't able to register them. 
because of this fair play limit, because they didn't have money to pay for, they um, owed De Jong money, they owed half their team money, right? PK was basically playing for free this season. They owed, they owed so many people money and they couldn't register their new players. They have gone off in the background and started selling off all their assets, training grounds, properties, just everything. They were just getting riveted like hotcakes, right? And because of that, they've come, they've sold about $800 million worth of property of assets and I've come out on top. Now they've got play money. This is insane. I don't know how it actually, how they've done this. Um, really, they probably should have just sacked up and taken, uh, taken the hit, sold to more players, had a couple years down. I don't know. It's insane. It was never going to happen. Barcelona are always going to come out on top like this. I just can't believe it. It's, it's kind of crazy. Anyway, some on some other massive news in the EPL as well. Obviously, over last week, Tuchel was sacked from Chelsea. No one saw this coming. It was out of the blue. I mean, Chelsea have had a terrible start to this season, but it wasn't that bad. It, it came out of nowhere, right? We've been talking about... Um, what Gerard getting the sack, um, Frank Lampard getting the sack, but no one thought that uh, Tuchel was ever on the shopping block. But it being the hundredth day of him being at the uh, the new owners owning Chelsea, they decided it was time for a fresh start and they could start implementing what they wanted to implement. Which, in all fairness, makes sense. Again, that happens. But so since then, Chelsea uh, Tuchel has been given the sack and he's finally released his um, final statement for Chelsea. Very heartwarming. Still loves the club. Um, I don't, it seems like he doesn't really hold that much resentment, but he has since been um, hired at RB Leisberg. So he's not sitting on the couch collecting unemployment checks. He's out there again. So I'm glad he's ended up on his feet. But in saying that, that means Graham Potter, who was the Brighton manager got the call up to Chelsea and is now the Chelsea manager. That's amazing for Graham Potter. I don't know if this is the right time for his move, but he has been killing it with what he's been doing at Brighton. Um, they've, they're, our, they're our dark horse for um, being the next Leicester and going on and winning the league, spending less money. Um, but he's been doing wonderful things there. The way the brand of football that Brighton have been playing over the last two years has been amazing, and he deserves um, he deserves a call up to Chelsea. I do worry about Chelsea being the right club for him. I think he's going to need a little bit more um, time to settle in at Chelsea, uh, especially after what's been happening over the last year with the whole um, Abramovich so financial troubles, and obviously now a new manager is uh, Tuchel uh, being gone and Graham Potter coming in. I, I think he needs that little bit of extra time to like that little bit of extra grace period, especially um, at Chelsea where they're just a revolving door of um, coaches. But as that happened, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see what he can do, uh, see how many, who's he's going to bring in if in the next transfer window, but we're really excited for him. In saying that, some massive news for an Australian great. Postacoglu has been tipped for uh, getting his EPL call up and going to Brighton. Now, I'm all for this. I want Potsukoglu to come to the EPL. I don't think this is the right club for him though. He's playing Champions League football right now with Celtic and doing really well. Although they didn't do great in their first leg this last week, uh, where they went down, it was 4-0. But first half was amazing, but then they ended up losing in the second half. But 
coming like that big shift away from the biggest club in your um, domestic league, playing Champions League to Brighton, although Brighton's doing well, and I think they're sitting fifth, I think they are right now. I don't think this is the right move for him, especially when he's tipped for the City job when um, Pep goes to international uh, goes into the international system. I would like to see Ange wait out a little bit longer and possibly um, keep developing Celtic, keep killing it there, and get that move over to, to City when it happens. I don't know if it's going to happen. Lockie said he's going to run down the street a barrel naked if it does happen. So that's one of the reasons I want uh, Ange to, to wait. But we'll see what happens. I don't want him to go to Brighton, although I would be happy to see him in the, in the, in the Prem. More Aussie news. Tommy Rogic signs with Albion. He, he's obviously doing this to get some game time coming up to the World Cup where he's recently announced that he wants to be included in that in that squad. He told Graham Arnold that he wants to be available. He's available and he wants to be there. Now, he hasn't he's had a big absence in the in the Australian national squad for the last I think it was like a year and a half, two years since the last World Cup. If although I agree he's one of our Australia's greatest midfielders right now. Do like how if you're part of the Australian squad and you miss out because of that or you're even in the Australian squad and Tommy Rogic comes in and he's obviously a leader in the change room. How do you feel about this from after the absence that he's uh, had over the last two years? It'll be very interesting. I don't know how it's going to go, um, but I'm very happy for it. I'm happy about it. I would like to see him in the Australian squad. I would just like to make sure that there's like cohesion there and there's no um, there's no back and forth going on with, oh, he hasn't played in two years. Like he hasn't played with us or trained with us for two years. What's going on, blah, blah, blah. I would, I would like to see him come in and just lead and do well. Although change room dynamics, who knows what's going to happen. But this could all just be media hubbub and he's wanted by all the team members. I can't, I can't imagine it wouldn't be, but we'll see what happens. On to, oh, speaking of international squads, the Brazilian national squad has been announced and I don't know if Nathan's going to be very happy about this, but the trio of Gabriels at Arsenal were not selected. Whereas Manchester United... Fred, Anthony, and Casemiro were all selected for the Brazilian national squad to uh, go in, going into the pre uh, pre World Cup friendlies. This is a very interesting move. Arsenal have obviously been killing it. The Gabriels at Arsenal have obviously been absolutely killing it as well. Why were they not selected for the Brazilian national squad? It's been a very interesting move. I don't understand it. Jesus is killing it. Martinelli is having a breakout season out of his mind. Um, and Gabriel in the, in the, in the backs has been, I think he scored two goals in the last three games or something like that. They're all doing really well. Fred hasn't played great this se- this, um, at the beginning of this season. He's obviously been benched now. Uh, the end of last season, he wasn't doing great either. I don't understand. I don't understand why you, why, uh, why you would take Fred and, um, uh, I mean, Anthony's obviously doing really well and Casemiro, is doing well as well, and he's obviously been that rock for the Brazilian squad for such a long time. Uh, but I just don't, I don't see why. At least Jesus, um, I don't know why he hasn't been selected. He's absolutely destroying it at Arsenal. He has, he's a man on a mission to prove to City that you shouldn't have sold me, and he's been dropping the Brazilian national squad, and I feel terrible for him. So it'll be interesting to see how they go in the next couple of weeks, um, going into leading into those uh, World Cup front, uh, well pre World Cup friendlies. And uh, then going into the World Cup where they name their squads. 
So see how see what happens there. Also in EPL news, uh, Diego Costa has signed for Wolverhampton. Now he's <laughs> his uh, what's it called announcement video was actually quite hilarious and probably one of the better announcements, probably one of the best announcement videos I think I've ever seen from an EPL club where he's uh, walking in holding <laughs> two, was it three or four wolves? Now, I think this is actually is absolutely great for football um, and football announcement videos. Uh, it's really good. If you haven't seen it, I'll link it in the description below or something like that. Either way, um, we'll probably post it on our channel because it's great. It's a great announcement video. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. But Diego Costa coming into Wolverhampton, I think it's pretty good, to be honest. I don't think he's past it. He at least will be a leader in the change room. I don't think he's gonna. He's not going to start. Um, don't put me wrong, but he's not going to start. Uh, but he'll be there to strengthen that front line because they so, they pretty much need it right now. Uh, they do get in those chances, but they're not scoring and they're not putting the ball in the, in the back of the net. So Diego Costa may be able to come in, fire up the front line, giving a little, giving that little bit of competition, uh, and then being that old head there. See how he goes. And last but not least, I wanted to go over the FIFA, um, was it FIFA Ultimate Team cards for, tw for FIFA 2023 that's come out. And there's some interesting, there's some interesting things here uh, to talk about. So we have a whole bunch of players being rated at the 91 and no one being over that. So with the players being at 91, we've got Kareem Benzema, uh, Lewandowski, Mbappe, De Bruyne, and Messi all being rated 91. Under that, you have Salah, Van Dijk, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Coutinho, and Neuer all being rated 90 as well. And I think they're the, that's the top 10. Um, yeah. Oh, is that eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wait, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, that's the top 10. Oh, no. No more space on the memory card. Oh, the video's gone. Anyway, uh, that is the what? That is the uh, top-rated players for FIFA 23. Now, that's great. Very interesting that Ronaldo is still at 90. Messi has done enough for me to stay at that 90 level as well for what he's been doing at PSG. I'm very surprised Neymar's not up there. Especially the season he's had this year, like the beginning of the season he's had, he should definitely be in the 90 rated as well. But is what it is. So that's the top 10 players of uh, FIFA 23 this year. Let us know in the comments below um, what you guys think about that because it's very interesting. Um, I'm not a FIFA player. I hate it. I throw the controllers through the wall. I've kicked back. I, I can't play. I Honestly, I feel like it's easier to do that stuff in person than it is to play FIFA. Shoot me, I don't know. I don't know if I like that ending. That ending wasn't too great. Thank you guys all for watching. If you could subscribe, I just filmed an ending um, and I didn't like it because I just rambled on. Anyway, thank you guys all for watching um, and listening. Boys, we'll be back next week, back to your regular regular scheduled programming. Uh, but thank you guys all for for listening to to me ramble on tonight. I know it's a bit it's a bit different uh, me doing it by myself, but I really appreciate it. So, yeah, if you guys want to feed my ego and make me not feel bad about this, just leave a little comment down below uh, telling me that I did okay holding the fort for the week.
All right. See you guys later.